With less than two months in the year, finishing strong and planning for 2024 is going to be key to having a successful year ahead. Not doing anything could cost you. The seven most expensive words in the cattle business are, we have always done it that way. Alan Crockett, Ranch Consultant, is back with us as we discuss why we need to be proactive. Now is not the time to coach with what we're seeing going on with interest rates, inflation, the market, not to get into political issues, but the wars that we're seeing, who knows where we're going to go. And those things are completely out of our control. We can't do anything about that. But let's focus on the things that we can control and let's get real proactive about that. And what about those year-end purchases that are made in the avoidance of taxes? But there's just some things that we can do now to mitigate the tax liability and keep that money in the business without being foolish about what we do. It's all about being proactive versus reactive as we discuss what we can and should be doing as we wrap up 2023 and look ahead to 2024 on this episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show. This is the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. We thank you for joining us here on our program today. You know, before we jump into it, I do want to take a special time and a moment here to recognize our veterans as this show airing over Veterans Day. And I don't want to flippantly and just throw this out there just because it's Veterans Day that we really do need to be conscious and think thankful to our veterans that have served and have died in in serving our country to protect our freedoms. Those that have served and been in places that for many of us, we've never had to experience and they and they have to work through those memories and those things that have happened while they were in service, especially in those conflict situations and war type situations that we over uh, on the state side of things probably don't ever realize what they've had to go through we thank them for their time and their effort and their service to this country those that are currently serving and lord knows we have a lot of issues in the world right now and things are a little bit tense as we all well know and of course also for those young kids that are considering serving our country that are planning to sign on the line to serve our country i only say that partially because i've got a kid in my household my second oldest boy is a senior in high school this year and planning to join the army this summer he's already started that process and so it uh, from a parent's perspective it does make you kind of step back and think about what all is going on in the world and in addition being thankful for our veterans out there that have served and are currently serving our country right now. So a special thank you to all of them on this Veterans Day weekend. Well, as you heard there in the opening, we're going to be looking at just from a business management standpoint, some things that we should be doing and considering and planning for as we wrap up 2023 and look ahead into 2024. Alan Crockett is my guest here today. We've had him on the show before. He's a ranching consultant and business coach. He hails out of Wilcox area. Arizona. And Alan, thanks for joining us here today on the Working Ranch Radio Show. You're welcome, Justin. Always a pleasure to visit with you. I always enjoy visiting with you because you do visit with a lot of different ranchers out there in in your business that you do. In addition to that, also uh, do some cow business yourself and have been doing that for quite some time. So I always feel the, the information that we get from you, it's not only from of the knowledge and insight that you have in dealing with other ranchers, but also the fact that you're doing it yourself as well. I reached out to you mainly because I this has been something that had been on my mind for a while is uh, because for myself thinking through this and and even at this point in the year we don't want too much more time to get get down the calendar because we are in a time of the year where we need to be thinking about let's tying up some things for 2023 prepping for 2024 and from a business side perspective of the ranch It's a critical time of the year to be really getting some things done in the office, probably, I'm guessing. I know for some folks that might be a little cringy to say that, but it's a necessary thing. Yes, it really is. And and you're right. We've got to bring it in to 2023 in our business because the calendar year is going to come to an end with or without us. But, But from a business perspective, we really need to be looking at where we are in our business, how much profit we've made, what our expenses have been, and figure those kinds of things out and then set the stage for 2024 so so we hit the ground running in 2024. And part of what happened, Justin, and you know, we're all aware of it. We just maybe don't do anything about it, but 
Thanksgiving's going to be here in a couple of weeks, and then Christmas and New Year's, and and if we're not careful, we just kind of get into holiday mode, and and then 2024 will hit us, and we wake up and say, okay, now what do we need need to do next? Mm-hmm. Before we were talking went on air here, I had made that comment too. You know, we calve in May and June, and so we're not selling calves until about December, if we even sell them in 2023 or in the current year. Sometimes we sell them in the next year. But once you kind of get that done, it's like and you just kind of kind of coast down the hill here a little bit to the end of the year and and we're kind of missing out on some opportunities to and we'll talk about this later in the show when it comes to just prepping for whether it's taxes or various things of that nature but i think that's you know it, it is important that we kind of look ahead and begin to plan for this coming year as well alan one of the things that when initially when I was looking at this subject, my mind was going to one of the things I need to be doing is begin the budgeting process and begin looking back at that. Before we start looking ahead to 2024, is there value? I've always liked to be able to look back on the numbers and just wrap up 23 and look in the past as far as where have we been moving our business from a budgeting standpoint, look back over our numbers and just see where we've been at. To me, there's been value in that. What's your thoughts? Absolutely, Justin. We, we've got to take a look and, and see where what we've done this year and where our business has come to and the progress we made or that we haven't made because it doesn't really do us a whole lot of, of good to do projections into the coming year and set a budget if we don't go back and look and, and see how close we actually came or if we exceeded, if we fell short. And do an analysis of that so that we know the reasons why we got to where we got to. And with with the market the way it is right now and, and prices on more of an up than what they've been, and then with the weather the way it is, with more yeah. widespread drought, we need to look at those factors and just see what things are, are in our control and what things are maybe out of our control and where we're at at the end of the year. Because if we don't, to me, it's it's kind of a waste of time to do projections for the coming year if we don't ever review them and see where we actually ended up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's look ahead at, as we begin this process of a budgeting and for the following year, the projections that you had talked about just a little bit ago, and just some principles or some ideas or thoughts that you have as we begin to look ahead and things we need to bear in mind. Yeah, if we're looking into the coming year, what I don't like clients to do, I don't like to just go back and say, well, Here's how much money we spent on X this year, fuel, feed, supplement, uh, labor, whatever it is. And let's just, you know, let's, let's take that same number and use again. What I want to, what I want us to do is let's look at our business and say, okay, what are we doing different now? What is our management in our management has changed? What needs to change? Uh, when we look at this high market that we're in, how can we take advantage of that? And, you know, particularly if we're in a, in a seasonal kind of an operation, if, if we, you know, if we're buying steers and, and then selling out and buying again next year or heifers and doing a heifer breeding program or even cows, of course, I got some clients that, that, are, that just sold some cold cows for more than what they bought bred cows for earlier this year. And, and the cold cows, open cows brought more money. And so you look at that and say, okay, well, there, that's a big deal, and we need to pay attention to that and not just going blindly to next year. So I like to look at, at the whole situation, a big-picture macroeconomic view of where the market is, what the drought looks like across the U.S., Canada. And then, all right, now let's look at our individual business and see what we need to be doing there to mitigate any potential downfalls. But at the same time, how can we take advantage of the situations that are around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Folks, my guest today is Alan Crockett. He's a ranching consultant and business coach. We're going to continue on with him. When we come back, we're going to go back a little bit more into this budgeting. I've got some more questions for Alan on this as we look at some of these line items that we have from year to year. In addition, uh, we're going to talk later on just some things as we look at year-end stuff regarding tax planning and so forth. A lot to talk about here when we come back on the Working Ranch Radio Show. And as we head to break, a thanks to our sponsors of this segment, Vitalix. Livestock is your livelihood. Tubs are our expertise. Vitalix, the true blue tub. Find out more at vitalix.com. We'll be back after this. 
You know, big cows come with big feed bills, which is why smart genetic selection can pay off in your cow herd. Did you know Simmental-influenced cows are an average 74 pounds lighter at maturity than Angus-sired counterparts, according to a recent U.S. Meat Animal Research Center study? Now, while Simmental is sized for more efficient gains, 20-year genetic trend lines also show the breed offers reliable calving ease, early growth, and cow longevity. That's a balanced herd built for profit. Sim Genetics, giving you more per head, period. Stand strong, Simmental. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. We still have a lot to talk about yet with Alan Crockett, our guest here today. But I wanted to let you know, coming up later in the show, the Captain Tim O'Byrne will be in for this week's edition of Tim's Two Cents. And also, meteorologist Don Day, as he does each and every week in every episode, will be giving us a look at our long-term weather. We'll be also addressing the term Super El Nino. How many of you heard that in the news here lately? Well, he's going to talk about that and give us his view on that. So be sure to tune in towards the second half of our show here today well as we jump back into our topic here today as we are looking at just year-end type things that we need to be thinking and doing probably more doing than thinking about in in some ways my guest today is alan crockett ranching consultant and business coach we've had alan on the show here before always a great conversation that we have with alan on the principles and things that we need to be thinking about from a business perspective we were already talking about some of the year-end type stuff, some budgeting in the previous segment. Alan, I want to continue on with that just a little bit because you were talking about something in it and it made me feel, I guess I felt a little bit guilty when you mentioned this comment because it's pretty easy. I use QuickBooks and this is definitely not an advertisement for QuickBooks because it's quite expensive. <laughs> but if there's some other financial management software, albeit, you know, everybody each their own on that one, but that's what I use. There's a really simple way to start your budgeting from 2023 to 2024 and you copy your expenses from 2023 and it just automatically puts them into 24. So there you go. There's your budgets built in one quick, easy step. Little caution in that though, right? As you were saying in the last segment, huh? Yeah, I think there's a big caution in that. And, <laughs> and, and that is because we spent X amount of dollars on feed last year, it doesn't mean that that that's, is going to be the same expense this year. And, and maybe we would even look and say, all right, why are we even spending money out of feed in the first place? And, and what should we be doing different to really either seriously reduce the amount of money we're spending on feed or completely eliminate it? So to me, it's an overall picture. And it's not just, like you say, cut and paste. It's, it's analyze our business and see what it is that our business is doing. And really more important, what it is we want our business to do in the future. And I think we we fall into the trap too easily. And I've had I've done it. I've had many clients that have done it. That we just we just get into the same routine of doing things the way we've always done them in the past. And and that's a that's a trap that we don't really really want to get into. I had a a friend of mine that's not a not a rancher, but he sent me a text the other day. He says the seven most expensive words in the cattle business are. We have always done it that way, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, yeah. and, and, and so we, we have a tendency just to do things because we've always done it that way. And yet the world that we're living is changing so fast and the volatility of markets and pricing and, and all of that, we really need to focus on being low cost producers if we're going to weather the storm and, and be profitable year in and year out. Mm-hmm. Something that you mentioned there, and I and you said you're guilty of it. Well, I'm guilty of it too. I think uh, a lot of folks that will our subject and our conversation here today will resonate with, and they say, "Well, yep, I see the value in that." And I've been guilty of this. I'll you know be really good for a year or so in there, and and kind of get some things going, and then I kind of coast for a year or so because I well I, I remember what my feed costs were last year, and we're staying kind of in that in that vein. Nothing's much has changed. The market maybe is has been a little bit stagnant, and there isn't any big dramatic changes in the market, and so I've been able to kind of coast for a year or so, and maybe even up to two years on basically doing what I've done. Not that I'm not analyzing things, but I'm not necessarily doing it as much 
and coming up with my numbers on my spreadsheets like I should. I know them in my head, and there's a lot of us as ranchers know our numbers in our head, but we haven't, which is a scary part because if we don't get them on paper, sometimes there is a dif- difference between that. And I think that's something that can happen. But one of the things I would argue that is quite different this year than in the past is that we do see some pretty dramatic differences in the financial picture of our industry, though. Well, yeah, and, and if... Uh... If you're if you're using operating an operating note, which most ranchers do, and with the interest rate changes that we're seeing, that can be really huge. Especially if you're one of those guys that all right, we paid off the operating note at the end of the year, and now we're right back into it in January. And if we're repeating that year after year after year, we're not making any progress. We really ought to be, you know, being able to operate on our own money for part of the year. And you know, if last year you were able to operate for, you know. Till March or April. Well, this year you ought to be able to operate a little bit longer on your mm-hmm. own money without tapping back into an operating note. But with the interest rate environment the way it is, with inflation the way it is, I mean, we're seeing things today that we haven't seen since the 80s. Mm-hmm. And so it's a wake-up call. And those of us that could remember the 80s, and I hope we don't go back there, but, you know, operating notes at 20%. Yeah. Interest. I mean, it was a, it was a, a really tough time, and and yet today we're seeing interest rates at higher levels than we've seen them since they you know topped out in the '80s and then came back down. So I think we just need to be aware and and take a real inventory, and then look and see. All right, what changes can we make in our business to offset some of these other costs that are coming in, and how do we do that? Mm-hmm. As you and I were talking between breaks here, we I had mentioned, and you're familiar with Mary Jo Ehrman as well. I'd had her back on episode 140 back in October, and uh, the show title of that show was not being a Debbie Downer, but you know, as we talk about our financial picture of the industry, and as you and I were discussing between breaks here, the fact that I think you're dead on there when you said maybe we save some of this money instead of going and purchasing things. Maybe we save that and see how far down the year we can get in before we have to jump into that operating note, because we have to know that whatever the, whatever we're spending on spending money on, can it make a minimum of a 10% return on investment? Because that's what you're probably going to be paying on a a short-term note on an operating note this year. Yeah. It's got to make at least 10%. And, and, you know, three or four years ago, I mean, if you were making 10%, you could pat yourself on the back mm-hmm. and, and hold your head up high. And today, that's kind of a bare minimum. If you're not making 10%, you better make some adjustments because inflation's going to eat it anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we need to be looking at that. And again, at the end of the year, we got to dive into our tax situation and see where we are there and, and do that sooner rather than later. Because some of the tax laws are changing, some of the the accelerated depreciation is being phased out. I think this is the last year for some of that. But right now is the time to sit down with your account and say, okay, here's my expenses, here's what my income has been, here's what I'm showing, and what's my tax liability. And and if it's if it's not high, I don't worry about it. But if it's a big tax liability, okay, now what do we need to do between now and then end of the year? to fix that so that we can keep as much of that money to operate on. And to me, that's not, that's not going and buying a new pickup or a tractor or something like that, just to avoid taxes, unless you really, really need that. Otherwise, let's look at how can we utilize this in the business and what needs to happen in the business to lower the tax consequences. And sometimes you can buy some calves mm-hmm. and maybe you don't have feed for them at the ranch or you're in snow country or something. Well, Sometimes those calves can be in a feedlot someplace and they could be on a background ration and later they can come to grass. But there's just some things that we can do now to mitigate the tax liability and keep that money in the business without being foolish about what we do. Mm-hmm. And I think too often in this industry, we ranch for less tax or tax write-off or we shouldn't be doing that. Let's, let's make money, but then let's have our accountant help us figure out how to how to reduce our tax liability in smart ways that are that are good for our business and and not just a, a band-aid temporary kind of fix. Yeah. Alan, I want to get just we don't have a lot more time in this segment. Just real real quickly, when you talk about those expenses that to to potentially make at the end of the year that are 
good expenses that are for the business that in, in order to reduce some tax issues that you might have. Let's put some specific items out there if we could. I mean, I think that would be helpful for some folks listening. I know I've heard of guys buying, well, you know, we need new tires or, or maybe we fill up the bulk tanks or, you know, some various things of that nature. Just your thoughts when I ask, when I say those kinds of things or that's that question to you, what, what's coming to your mind? Yeah, I, I think prepaying for some feed or the bulk tanks, like you say, if, if we're buying fuel in bulk, you know, gas and diesel, uh, and, and the tanks are a little bit low, or even propane, getting that in or prepaying for that, even if we're feeding cubes or protein tubs or anything like that, go ahead and let's stockpile that. If we're in a situation where we have to feed a lot of hay, and so, well, I'm going to go buy a bunch of hay. Well, then I would take a look at that and say, well, do we really need to be feeding hay? And is our enterprise yeah, matched up? Like exactly. Yeah. And I don't think you have to be nutted down to the penny on, on what, how your year is going to end, but a roundabout number is going to help your accountant. My guest today is Alan Crockett. We're going to continue on with him. We have more questions. We've talked a little bit about tax planning. I want to get into one element, and that is cash flow. Uh, we've kind of touched briefly on that a little bit ago as we were talking, but I want to talk more about the importance of understanding that, being aware of that throughout your year and planning for that. We're going to continue on when we come back here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. There are lots of nutrition tubs out there, but none can match the true blue commitment of Vitalix. Our tubs offer you the most concentrated nutrition at the lowest cost per day. That means more profit for your operation and improved performance for your cow herd. In fact, research shows Vitalix tubs increase feed efficiency by 20% while boosting conception rates, herd health, and weaning weights. Learn more at Vitalix.com. Vitalix, the true blue tub. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. Justin Mills here. My guest today, Alan Crockett, as we are talking about just year-end things to be thinking about from a business perspective, from a financial picture, as we are looking ahead into 2024 and planning for that year coming up. Alan, as, as I had told you and we left out of the last break, I wanted to talk about cash flow up in this next segment between breaks. You said, well, what do you want to talk about with cash flow? I said, well, there's actually a couple things. Number one, just, just in general that's a pretty important thing to be aware of as you're doing your projections not only to see where those months are going to land or when those times are going to land throughout the course of the year where cash is going to start to get a little tight but also as you begin to look ahead and preparing for maybe a potential operating note that you might need throughout the year when that would be needed how much you would be needing and all of that so that really all does stem back to cash flow Absolutely, it does, Justin. And it's interesting because it's easy to do the projections and then not come back on a monthly basis and let's put the actuals in there and then let's do an analysis to figure out any discrepancy, positive or negative, that happened with our projection. Because if we if we pad our, our operating note a little bit and we know that it's padded, sometimes it's easy if we're not disciplined to spend money. Well, you know, we... We got a little extra in there. The prices are good right now, so let's go buy X, whatever X is. And and we got to be real careful about that. And the way to be disciplined on it is, all right, let's look at it on a monthly basis. And within our business, let's have transparency of that number, whatever it is. You know, so you and your wife, you sit down and look at that on a monthly basis. And it's when we do that with full transparency, it it helps us hold each other accountable. And it makes us look and say, okay, yeah, we have projected X in expenses this month and we had X plus 20%. What does that do to our cash flow now, three months from now, six months from now, when we get to October, November next year, where are we going to be? And if we don't stay on top of that, we will find ourselves going back to the banker and Mm -hmm. saying, whoops, we underestimated some things and we need a, a little more money. And that's not a pleasant conversation to have. (laughs) Yeah. Alan, I'm going to just throw this out to you because I would imagine we've got folks listening that they may or may not make a budget or have a preliminary budget in their mind, or maybe it's written on a piece of yellow notepad of some sort, but it's not real overly detailed. They've done that. They're not really looking at monthly projections and when they say, or monthly numbers, and when they hear 
us have this conversation say well we need to be doing this on a monthly basis they almost feel like underwater instantly at that point and i guess i would just challenge folks because uh, our our times of our years are busy so you know cabin season we're all busy then we kind of let up in different times and then we get busy during other times of the year even if you visited that on a quarterly basis to get started i mean i, I realize what you're saying monthly is is optimal or is is, is great but just start too don't you think yeah. You know, the, the thing, Justin, that I look at it is if your business is solid and you're profitable year in and year out, quarterly is probably good enough. But if your business, if things are tight and if you're one of those guys that just barely gets the operating note paid off in December and you're right back into it in January, you really need to look yeah. at it on a monthly basis and you need to stay on top of it and discipline yourself to do that. And, and you're right. I mean, you, you can fill underwater on that, but really once you, once you have the system set up and it's in place, gosh, in, in an hour or two, you can have those numbers in there and then you can look at them and compare and do an analysis and, and, and pretty well figure out what's going on and, and where you either need to make a correction or, Hey, we've got a little pad here. Not that we're going to go spend it, but let's, you know, we got we got a comfort yeah. zone there. We have a little cush. Mm-hmm. All of that is good to know. Or hey, things are kind of tight. I'd rather know. I would rather know in February or March that hey, this is not looking too good for October, November. Than wake up in October, November, and the bank account, mm-hmm. you know, showing hardly anything in it. Now, what are we gonna do? I I would. I'd rather know that far ahead of time and be able to make some adjustments than have it dumped on me the last minute by my own doing yeah and the certainty of knowing even sometimes if it's not the greatest news does give you a little bit more at peace at least you know to handle how to handle it or begin the process of handling it like you said nothing's worse than waking up in august or or september and being out of operating note and out of money in the bank account all in one and you could have avoided it had had there just been a little planning ahead of that Alan, I, one other thing, when we talk about cash flow, as we were talking a bit ago, I'm bringing online another uh, ranch that we're, my brother and I are purchasing. It's the place where I grew up on. Uh, it's a little bit more intensive because it's got some farm ground to it. That's not something that I'm overly familiar with or have had as, lo- as much as experience around. And I'm not the only guy out there that's probably also looking at expanding. I know a lot of folks this year or this coming year would be looking at, okay, we're going to be expanding our operation. Prices have come up a little bit. It's given us some money. We want to reinvest that and try to try to get some good return on investment. So as we look at the mindset of expanding operations in addition to cash flow and managing that, what's your thoughts that come to mind in that? Yeah, if that expansion is coming from purchasing animals, to me, I look at that and say, okay, if, if I have cash in pocket, you'll purchase them. That's one thing. But there again, I want at least a 10% return just to break even. And, and it really ought to be more like 15 or 20. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to borrow money to do that, then I want to look at the market and say, okay, based on today's market, what's the what's the the break even on these things? And how much money do I have to make to be able to make that, that cow note and, and pay that note for the next five to seven years, however long I have it, knowing full well that the market's probably going to go down. I mean, it it always has. It's always come up and it's always gone down. And so just looking at, at the cyclical nature of the market, look at that and say, okay, well, if the market goes down 10%, can I still make my payment? If it goes down 20%, can I still make my payment? You know, or, or take that payment and say, okay, what's the What's the minimum amount that I have to make on on my calf sales and cold cow sales to be able to make that that cow note and make that payment? And then I, I want to be real serious about that. It's easy for us to say, well, we'll figure it out when we get there. <laughs> or if it goes down, we'll sell a few cows or we'll do this or we'll do that. I don't want to be in that kind of a situation, especially if I'm taking trying to take advantage of opportunities in the market. And there are, even in this this Mm -hmm. high market, there's still cattle out there that's undervalued that you can make money on. And so I just want to be real sure of my numbers and what I'm doing and where I'm going with that. And if I'm doing a a note, a five to seven year note, I want to make sure that 
if this thing goes down 10, 20, 30, 40%, whatever the number is, I want to make sure I can still make that payment. Because if it goes down and I have to liquidate, well, I'm liquidating in a lower market. That doesn't help me. Mm-hmm. I got to sell more animals then to to get the same amount of income to pay a note. And I don't want to be in that kind of a situation. Yeah, for sure. My guest today, Alan Crockett, we are talking just year in things that we should be thinking and considering and planning for as we wrap up 2023 and looking ahead to 2024. We're going to continue on with him. We have one more segment when we return on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Animal health is key to your business, so how do you track cattle health treatments? Stop relying on pen and paper or complicated programs. Performance Beef helps you record processing data, enter costs, and track animal health history, all in real time at the shoot. The mobile app also makes it easy to log pasture and pen treatments on the go. Your health data is integrated with feed and financial information in one easy-to-use platform, accessible from your computer, smartphone, or tablet. Find Performance Beef online to request a demo. Welcome back. This is the Working Ranch Radio Show. Justin Mills, your host. My guest today is Alan Crockett, ranching consultant and business coach. And Alan, we've had a great discussion so far as we talk about just tying up the 2023 year and beginning to close the books on that, reviewing what the last couple of years have done from a financial standpoint, and then begin setting the table for 2024. It was really the basis of our conversation here today. When we look at that, and as we were talking in break and a couple of the points that we want to end on here today and something that you wanted to really have folks be thinking about is what do we need to be doing? What are the most important things that we need to be doing between now and before at a year end or before 2024 starts? Yeah, I I have a group called Full Commitment Leadership and we do a monthly monthly Zoom conference call and, and uh, we meet a couple of times a year face to face. But anyway, on our, on our call this week, I asked them, what's the most important thing that you need to do in your business between now and the end of the year? And let's identify what that is. And, and then there may be two or three other things that need to be done. Well, let's figure out when we're going to do that or do those things. And let's get those all in the calendar. And that way we can enjoy the holiday season because we're, we're prepared to take those days off during the holidays and we're prepared to come back because we know what needs to be done and we have a plan to do it or we've already got it done. So I just, our listeners, I'd ask them, you know, what's the most mm-hmm. important thing you need to do in your business between now and the end of the year? And let's get that on the calendar and let's make sure we get it done so that we can enjoy the holiday season knowing that, that those things are taken care of. Mm-hmm. It kind of just goes back as you were saying that. I mean, it's simply, and some of that is as simple as just starting one, like you said, identify those things. But even it goes back to some time management principles. And this is something you and I, you know, we met a few years ago. One of the things I was kind of dealing with was just getting getting things done. And to this day, I mean, Sunday nights, I go through and I plan the week out uh, of things. And that was something that you and I talked about and, and planning the month out, planning the year out. And really, when you talk about that question, as we were just talking about, what what are the two or three things that need to be done between now and 2024? I mean, it simply starts with just getting it written down, putting it on the calendar of, of where that needs to be. It, it kind of, some of that's a, a little bit of a time management principle too. Absolutely, it is. And, and it's the discipline to sit down and look at that. And like you say, you do it on Sunday evenings. And, and that's a great time for me to sit down and look at it and say, okay, you know, what needs to happen this week in my business? And and yeah, I've got client calls and I've got things that are scheduled, but for my own, you know, growth and expansion of my business, what does that look like? And what do I need to focus on this week? And so I, I think, you know, looking into 2024 as part of that same questioning, mm-hmm. asking ourselves that, you know, where do you want your business to go in 2024? And I look that look at that from, you know, number one, profit. You know, how much profit do we want to make in 2024? What does that look like? and not leave that to the whims of the market and the weather and government policy. Let's put a plan together. And what does the enterprise mix need to look like next year to accomplish that? Do we have employees that, you know, maybe it's time to make a change there or do we need to hire somebody else and and put that plan together and our company culture, is it is it in alignment with what we really want for our company? And if it's not, or if our employees don't buy into our company culture or not in alignment there, 
then you know now now maybe the time to to look at the changes there. So when I look at 2024 and the year long planning thing, I would encourage our listeners to to uh, let's get very very clear on the next quarter. Mm-hmm. You know the first quarter is 2024, and then real specifically, let's look at what needs to happen in in January of 2024. So not only what needs to happen between now and the end of the year, the most important thing in the business. The second question I would ask our listeners, what's the most important thing that that needs to happen in January of 2024 in your business? And let's get that identified and get that on the calendar. And there again, then we can take some time off in the holidays and enjoy that. And we don't just fall into the same old routine come January or we wake up in January after New Year's and say, okay, what do we need to do? We already have that plan and we know what it is. That makes our holiday season much more relaxing for us. And then we can hit the ground running with some momentum of, of we already know where we're going in 2024, or at least where we want to go. We have that plan identified. So to me, that's those two questions. Where do we want yeah. to end the year? And what do we need to do to start the year to to create the, the kind of profit in the business that we want next year? that identified now. And like you say, you know, both of us, we sold calves, we sold our cold cows. We know we have an inventory. Now's the time to do that. Let's, let's figure it out. And if growth and expansion is part of that, then let's make sure the cash flow is there. And if it's not, we'll have that discussion with our bankers so that we can have that plan in place and we don't, we don't get caught in a tight money situation at an inopportune time. Yeah, for sure. That's a couple great points there, Alan, to finish on. And it really hits home for me, I think, as you were talking about that. I just can't, I mean, there's various metaphors that come to mind, whether it's priming the pump. You want to use that if you're from the from the ranching side of things, getting the pump primed and finishing out the year good and starting 2024 on a strong note with getting some things on the books. Uh, or whether you want to take a sports metaphor and, and just say, you know, let's score early. You know, let's let's get in the end zone early on in January. And I think those are key things in wrapping up our conversation here today. A really good point. And as we tail out here, I just want to give you some final comments. Two great things that we ended there on, but just some final comments in regards to our topic here today. Yeah, I think I think the thing is, let's, let's get real proactive in our businesses. And it's really easy. I mean, you mentioned it earlier in the show, just so that, you know, you kind of get in a coasting mode because things are going good and you kind of coast for a year or two. Now is not the time to coach with what we're seeing going on with interest rates, inflation, the market, not to get into political issues, but the wars that we're seeing, who knows where we're going to go. And those things are completely out of our control. We can't do anything about that, but let's focus on the things that we can control and let's get real proactive about that and create a plan. And then we look at that plan and adjust it as necessary. Yeah. All right. Well, Alan, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, I've known you for several years and I always appreciate your insight and your mind in these types of conversations that we have. I know you had talked about, uh, did you, it was called total commitment leadership group that you have. I know you from time to time have some open opportunities if people want to join in and what you do from a consulting standpoint, business coach standpoint, they want to reach out to you. How can they do that? Yeah. The best way is just to either shoot me a text or call, leave me a voicemail if you call because uh, <laughs> a lot of times I can't answer but. <laughs> But anyway, my phone number is 520-253-0040. I've got a total commitment leadership uh, workshop, just a two and a half day workshop that will come off in January that will be focused on creating a, a business plan for next year, a profit plan, and it'll be individual for each, each business is there, very specific for them. I've got some limited space on one-on-one clients and, and then, uh, we got a total commitment leadership group that we we go year round. We meet a couple of times a year and have monthly calls and then one-on-one support is needed. So anyway, if there's some things here that kind of strike a chord with you, I reach out and we can, we can have a discussion about whether it'd be a good fit or not and go from there. All right. Well, Alan, thanks for joining us here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. You're welcome. Always a pleasure to be part of it, Justin. Good to visit with you. You bet. And again, Alan Crockett, our guest here today, if you do want to reach out to him, the phone number that he listed just moments ago is 520-253-0040. Well, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, the Captain Tim O'Byrne will be by for this week's edition of Tim's Two Cents. 
and meteorologist Don Day will be stepping in as we take a look at our long-term weather. And also, have you been hearing about Super El Nino? Well, he'll talk about that when we come back on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Looking for the perfect gift for a gardener or weather enthusiast? Introducing the Tropo, a precision rain gauge that has revolutionized both reliability and convenience. Expertly engineered by meteorologists, the Tropo gauge boasts rugged durability, impeccable accuracy, and precision to the hundredth of an inch. Visit MeasureRain.com to order a Tropo today and use code RAINDAY. That's R-A-I-N-D-A-Y for free shipping and 10% off. Go to Measure rain.com welcome back to the working ranch radio show i was looking at my calendar and realizing that boy we are right in the middle of a lot of industry group meetings whether it's local state or national industry groups having their meetings in fact i know uh, just a week or so ago the american angus association had their convention down in florida but nevertheless whether it's local state or, or national organizations having their meetings beyond just being a member of some of those groups to your liking I'd encourage you to consider going to their conventions or their conferences or their meetings as well. There's going to be things you hear there that I can guarantee you're not going to know and you will find valuable should you just be in attendance at those. So make some plans if you can to attend those meetings or those conferences, conventions that are out there and be a part of uh, the proactiveness of the industry. As we were hearing from Alan Crockett a little bit ago, being proactive in your business. Well, part of that is also knowing what's going on from the affairs side of things that could affect our business down the road well as we turn to the captain tim o'burn publisher and editor of working ranch magazine of course this weekend as i said at the very beginning of the show is veterans day and the captain stops by with his special message in tim's two cents on this veterans day program hey justin hey everybody out there in working ranch radio land Every time I see Old Glory flying over a military installation on a naval vessel or just in a peaceful town setting in the town square, it fills me with immense pride and a deep, deep appreciation for those of our family members, mine included. Christine and my son, Mark, is a uh, U.S. Marine combat veteran two tours of Iraq. We've got plenty of people in our families on both sides that were career military and served in uh, various war efforts. It fills me with a deep sense of appreciation for those people that set a big chunk of their lives aside to make sure that the United States and the amazing freedom that we live under every day is protected. And that's what Veterans Day is all about. Back to you, Justin. All right. Well, thanks, Captain. Appreciate those words. And I know from all of us here at Working Ranch Magazine and Working Ranch Radio Show, we do remember our veterans here on this Veterans Day weekend. Well, as we turn now and take a look at our weather, meteorologist Don Day is standing by. He is on the road traveling this week. And Don, you'd already given us some forewarning that we would be seeing a little bit of a change in weather this coming week. It looks as though that's going to happen. Still, maybe a little unknowns exactly how that's going to fold out but it is somewhat panning out to what you guys expected. Yeah, two areas of interest uh, in the coming week. First is going to be the West Coast. California, Washington, and Oregon, and eventually later in the week into Nevada, maybe parts of Arizona and Utah will be looking at what I would say is the strongest cold season storm of the year coming in and taking a track further south than they've been lately. And, uh, California is going to get wet. We're going to see snow in the Sierra Nevada. Could see some rain spread into parts of the Great Basin and the desert southwest as well. Then we're going to see some wet weather along the southeast coast of the U.S. Uh, as we're kind of looking at two jet streams, which is something that you tend to see in an El Nino mm-hmm. to where we've got some wet weather in the far south and then wet weather coming into the west coast. 
Okay. So one of the things that I had marked down I, before we went on air, I was told you I wanted to talk about this and something that caught my attention a little bit ago earlier in the week. And it was not something that was necessarily in the big media, but I had seen it in some ag media. And that was a reference about Super El Nino. And I know in your podcast last week, you talked about that being a little bit clickbait. Explain what that means and what the whole issue is around this wording uh, that we're hearing out there being thrown out there on Super El Nino. Yeah, unfortunately, we live in a world right now where weather and climate is is really, uh, as we said, clickbait to where things are unnecessarily hyped or there's very little context given to what certain statements mean, like super El Nino. We all know that we're in an El Nino pattern. You and I have been talking about it for months and expecting it to continue through the, the winter spring season. A super El Nino is when we, we tend to see the sea surface temperatures in the Pacific really, really warm up two to three degrees Celsius above the average. And in super El Ninos in the past, 97, 98, 2015, 16, some really strong El Ninos historically have been associated with a lot of extreme weather events. However, this recent spat of newspaper articles about this upcoming El Nino being a super El Nino, the root cause of it is based on one, one experimental computer model that was run out of the National Center for Atmospheric Research in Boulder, Colorado, by somebody who does long-term modeling. And uh, the National Center for Atmospheric Research, I guess, put out a press release saying that this one particular model was predicting that this El Nino was potentially going to be a super El Nino, which means the sea surface temperatures eclipse historical averages of what we've seen in other strong El Ninos before. The problem with that is, is that El Ninos and the strength of El Ninos is just not based on the sea surface temperature anomalies or other things that are going on. And when we take a look at the other metrics to compare this current El Nino to previous ones, this one doesn't even come close. And the problem that I have and other meteorologists have is the, the inference of a super El Nino means we are going to have super let's say, extreme weather events because of this El Nino. But the measured data doesn't show that. So there's a real contradiction between these news reports and what people like myself who look at this every day. And unfortunately, who loses in this is the public. Because my aim, the reason I brought this up was I started getting emails. I started hearing from people in social media about, Oh my God, we're going to have a super El Nino where all these bad things are going to happen. And, and a lot of this is bad reporting. And quite honestly, the scientists involved with this need to be better communicators in a strong El Nino. But it has to be explained that does the word experimental mean anything to anybody? Experimental does not mean that this model has been put through the ringer, tried and tested and is reliable. So if I sound animated, it's because I am, because I, I want to spend my time trying to inform people to the best of my ability on what's going to happen with the weather and the climate. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things that you had even pointed out in your show last week that I noticed when you look at some of the numbers that indicate whether or not we're in an El Nino, and you could go back to uh, a few years ago when we started La Nina and how now last spring started to evolve out of that, but it was like a 0.5 to put us in an El Nino area. We went up to 0.6 a month or so ago, and actually our numbers are back down. So, I mean, we're not even in a strong currently El Nino. Right. The response that the atmosphere has to El Nino and La Nina is measured by a metric we call the MEI, and we assign a number to it. And the atmosphere and its response to El Nino is best measured by that. So you could have a strong El Nino in terms of the sea surface temperature anomalies, but if the atmosphere isn't responding strongly, you're going to come out with a lower number. So we're actually looking at probably in the next 60 days, the El Nino reaching its peak strength. It may actually have reached its peak strength. So this article is really poorly timed because when it says we could this winter have a super El Nino, well, in six weeks, we may be past its peak strength. So, yes. So we are definitely going to be talking throughout this winter season and in the spring about El Nino. We definitely think it's going to have impacts. 
but we don't think it's going to bring the the headlines like the 97 98 or the 2015 and 16 years mm-hmm. well appreciate it uh, very useful information appreciate that also i know you're on the road here today safe travels as you go out and thanks for joining us here today Thanks for having me. And again, that is meteorologist Don Day with a look at our long-term weather. You can tune in each and every morning to his daily video podcast at dayweather.com. Also, you can find contact information on his website as well. Should you have questions you want him to answer here on the show, don't be afraid to reach out and let him know what questions you might have. We'll stay with us. When we come back, we're going to put a wrap on this week's show, and I'll give you a heads up of what we're going to be talking about in the coming weeks here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. We'll be back after this. Every year you pick your replacement heifers. Some become profitable cows, others disappoint. How can you make more reliable selections? Genetic testing. Commercial cow-calf producers like you are using Inherit Select from Zoetis. You gain valuable predictions, including cow fertility, size and soundness, feed efficiency, growth and carcass merit, as well as easy to use economic indexes. This improves your selection, breeding, and marketing decisions. Request a call from InheritProgress.com and ask about free TSUs to get you started. There are lots of nutrition tubs out there, but none can match the True Blue commitment of Vitalix. Our tubs offer you the most concentrated nutrition at the lowest cost per day. That means more profit for your operation and improved performance for your cow herd. In fact, research shows Vitalix tubs increase feed efficiency by 20% while boosting conception rates, herd health, and weaning weights. Learn more at Vitalix.com. Vitalix, the true blue tub. Before we talk about what we're working on here on upcoming shows, I want to let you know the latest issue of Working Ranch Magazine is out. Always chuck full of great articles. If you don't have your subscription, it's pretty easy to get started. If you go to workingranchmag.com, you can get your subscription started as well. Some good articles in it, as always. Like I said, uh, there is one featuring the Oklahoma Beef Council. Also on Ask the Vet, Dr. Arn Anderson with an article in there as well. He's always interesting, both in his writing, but also so in person as well. We've done an interview with him here a couple of years ago. So just check out your latest issue of Working Ranch Magazine. If you don't have it again, you can get started with your subscription. Hey, it'd make a great Christmas gift as we talk about year-end type stuff here today. This would be a good way to offer a present to somebody is start give them a subscription to Working Ranch Magazine. Well, here's what we're working on for upcoming shows. Next week, U.S. Cattlemen's Association, Leah Biondo and Jess Peterson will be joining us as we'll get an update from them on things happening back in Washington, D.C. that do affect us here out in the countryside. Last week, the USDA coming up with a new competition initiative. We'll hear about that. Also, we'll get their take on the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, and just a lot of other issues that we'll hit with them as well. Also, we're working on a show with Dr. Neville Spear. He's a wealth of information when it comes to our ranching industry, and I look forward to sharing that conversation with you. How about beef on dairy? That's something I've been wanting to know a little bit more about. We're going to have a show on that down the road as well well and finally one other show working on is having lamar steiger join back up with us to be on the working ranch radio show if you're not familiar he was with us a couple years ago as we explored walmart's beef supply chain with him his very in-depth knowledge of that so i'm looking forward to getting an update from him on that topic as well as other things he's working on if you do have ideas for shows you'd like us to cover here on the working ranch radio show questions or topics please feel free to send me an email at justin.wilson workingranch at gmail.com I will get back to you if you're listening on a podcast provider out there leave us a star rating as well that's very useful for us in as we prepare for upcoming shows down the road well before we head out again a thank you to our veterans today on this Veterans Day weekend our hats are off to you on behalf of all of us at Working Ranch Radio Show and Working Ranch Magazine be sure to join us same time same place next week I'm Justin Mills and until next time keep your chin down and your mind in the middle So long.